Welcome to the sermons and teachings from the Catalyst Fellowship with Ipai Michael. We hope the message you're about to listen to will edify you and cause you to experience exponential growth. And now, the message. Spiritual growth. What did I say? 
marks of spiritual growth. And one of the marks of spiritual growth is love. Meaning if anyone is truly growing, we can tell by their love walk. Amen. I, I get what I'm saying. If anyone is truly growing, we can tell by what? By their love walk. Meaning if I look at you and I look at your love walk, I will know the level of your growth. If I look at you and I look at things like your generosity, how you relate with other people, how you check up on I can know if you're growing spiritually. Because one of the things that happens to you when you become a Christian is that you, you, you are inculcated into the culture of the church. We have a culture. So what, what do you need to do? You need to renew your mind into coming to the culture of the church. Are you learning this, everybody? Don't be distracted. You have to, you, you have to renew your mind to understand what the culture of the church is. You know, ideally, if someone just walks up to you and starts checking up, going, hi, how are you doing? You know, and the person is too, you're like, why are you disturbing me? Like, what's your own? But in the church, it's different. In the church, it's expected. Are you getting what I'm teaching you? It's expected. So we have to renew our mind because your long walk is important in your growth. You can't say you've grown if your heart's not wider. I get what I'm saying. As you grow deeper in God, your love walk also, it expands. You can accommodate more people. You know people who the only people they love in their life, they are three, their dad, their mother, and their boyfriend. You, you can accommodate more as you begin to grow in God. There are some things that cannot come out of your mouth when you are in Christ, or that should not at least, when you are in Christ, because you are growing in love. Amen. Your, your, your love walk is being evident. Let's read a few things. Colossians chapter 1 verse 3. Very quickly everybody. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. The Bible says, I want us to read it together. Colossians 1, 3. Are you all there? Alright, let's read together. One, two, one, NKJV. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. Now, I know you didn't think about what you were reading. Now, think about it. Let's read it together now. Want to go? We give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pray always for you. Who is speaking? To who? The church in Colossae. Meaning that he's telling them that he's praying for them. And in verse, in, in verse 4, he says, since we heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he heard of the faith of the people in Colossae, but he didn't only hear of their faith. What did he hear of also? Their love for the saints. Are you getting what I'm saying? Meaning that their growth in God was accompanied by the love for the saints. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15, everybody. Are you all there? Alright, let's read together. I want to go. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and what? Hey, and what? Your love for all the saints. Yet again, the church in Ephesus. What did he hear about them? Their faith. But not only the faith. What did he hear also? Their what? Love for the saints. Go to Philemon. Philemon, who is speaking? 
the apostle Paul to who? To Philemon. Amen. Learn this thing, don't worry. Now you know. Philemon chapter 1, verse 4. What does he say? Want to go? I thank my God, making mention of you in my prayers, hearing of your love and what? Faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's consistent for you to see that growth in God must always be accompanied by what? Love for the, for the, for the, for the saints, for the believers. Is this making sense? Growth in God is always accompanied by what? Love for the saints. True growth in Christ would always be marked by deep love for the saints. What did I say? True growth in Christ must always be what? Marked by what? Love for the saints. This is important. True growth in Christ is marked by deep love for the saints. So the Apostle Paul is praying in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. He says, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I read this text to you on Sunday. How many of you remember? He says, I bow my knees to the Lord, to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, our Lord. Meaning that he was not thinking of himself, he was thinking of who? Our Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? Our Lord. To the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's our Lord. It's not just mine. It's a communal thing. Amen. It's a family thing. It is from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Meaning in his devotion, he recognized that even though salvation is personal, it's not also personal. Ah, are you getting this? Are you getting this? That there is a family side to devotion as well. Amen. There is what? There's a family side to devotion. He says he's the head of a spiritual family. That's Christ. So even though it's my division, it's my devotion rather, there's a family side to it. I also know that he's your father. I also know that what? He's your father. Now how do you understand this? It means there are some people that you will never meet in your life. But they are brothers and sisters to you. Are you learning this? And it means that there are also some people who are around you that you would love with everything you have because you recognize them as brothers and sisters. That's the implication of this. You must have a family mindset. And that's why in the Catholic Church Global, on Mondays by 5 o'clock p.m., I know many of you don't know, but by 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, which is 10 p.m. West African Time, we have something called Awake Intercessors. And at Awake Intercessors, we are training you how to intercede. Because your devotion is not complete if you've not learned intercession. Do you hear what I said? Your devotion is not complete if you've not learned intercession. Amen. Because we know we are not alone in the body of Christ. We pray for others. So what do we do on our wake intercession? We pray for other people other than, other than ourselves. We pray for missionaries in far countries. We pray for believers in China that don't have the kind of freedom we have. We pray for, this, for the growth of the world. Some people pray for this church to start. Do you know? 
voices that God sent men. So you coming here, you thought it was just ordinary, but people have been praying. God sent men to the Catholic Church. There's a side of your devotion where you have to think about others, think about family, intercede for believers who are sick, pray for other people. There's a time where you have to grow to see that every prayer must not be about you and you alone. So you learn to pray for others. So what I'm going to do for us here is that the first hour of our Friday prayers, which will start by 10, our Friday vigil online, we're going to start by praying intercessory prayers. Amen. We pray for others. We pray for other believers. Listen, this is why you have to have a pastor who teaches you these things. You must learn that this is part of devotion as well. Because love for God commands love for the saints. So your devotion to God commands love for the saints. So praying for believers all around the world is part of our devotion. As you grow, there must be a selfless side to your devotion to God. Where it's not always that you give me, God give me. No. Where you can also pray for others. Pastor would always say, children are the responsibility of the kingdom. But sons are responsible for the kingdom. Begin to get responsible. Learn that you have to pray for others as well. Have you prayed for the Catholic Church meetings or before? Do you take time to just say, Lord, strengthen Pastor Mike? You know, some of you have not learned to pray for your pastor. Pastor will check on you, do everything. But you, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it for my own, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying it to teach you. Lord, strengthen Pastor. He has to teach two times on Sunday, two times on Thursday. Strengthen him. Lord, I pray for other believers in church. Strengthen them. When someone does not go to church, does not come to church, don't just talk about it, pray about it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't just talk about it. Do what? Pray about it. Pray for believers in Windsor. Pray for unbelievers in Windsor. That the Lord would come into their heart. That the light of the gospel will shine and they will see it and believe the gospel. So you have to learn to pray for others. That's growth in God. A relationship with Jesus mandates a relationship with his brothers as well, with the people in his family. So do you know the person sitting next to you well enough? Have you loved them well enough? Did you buy Jennifer a birthday gift? <laughs> she said you should not buy her. <laughs> We have to do a bit more. Say, I will do a bit more. I will do far much more. We have to go beyond. We have to go beyond. It's like, ah, I wish I had a lot of time. Go to Romans. You know when you read Romans chapter 13, you go there to read love is kind, love is patient, right? But it's saying more than that. Romans chapter 13, I said Romans, sorry. Um, Corinthians, First Corinthians 13 rather, I said Romans. I probably said that on the live comments, but you know what I was talking about. <laughs> Sorry. First Corinthians 13. You know it. You go there to read what love is patient, love is kind, it's not puffed up. Guess what? It wasn't just teaching you about love. Because the story started in 1 Corinthians 12. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
I'm going to skim through this very quickly. I'm going to move it fast. So pay attention so you get what I'm trying to teach you. Are you in 1 Corinthians chapter 12? The Bible says, now concerning spiritual gifts. Brethren, I do not want you to be what? Ignorant. So the Apostle Paul is saying, don't be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Don't be ignorant about it. You have to know about it. He says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a God. No one can say that the Lord, that Jesus is not accepted by the Spirit. It says now there are diversities of gifts for the same Spirit. What is going on here? Let me give you the context. He was addressing many of the letters, many of the things going on in 1 Corinthians was addressing and correcting errors in the church. Now he was correcting an error concerning spiritual gifts. Are you getting this? So now he says, there are diversities of gifts, but what? Same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but what? What do you think he's correcting? People thinking that the gifts are for their own self-purposes or that one gift is greater than the other. In the end, he goes ahead to say, and there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of, of the spirit is given to each to profit what? For all. So he was teaching them that the gifts are given for everybody's profit. It says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirit, to another different kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, let's read together. I want to go. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wants, as he wills. Now look at the next part. It says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. He's trying to teach them that it's the spirit that gives you the gift. It's not supposed to be separate. He uses the metaphor of a body. It says, for by one spirit we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Greek, whether slave or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Fifteen. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be, where would be what? Smelling. Are you getting what he's saying? He's not really talking about physical parts of the body. It's a metaphor to say that every gift that everybody is, is expressing, is for the benefit of all. We are a part of a body. Are you getting this? Let's go faster. Let's go under. Verse 27. It says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administration, variety of tongues are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers are all workers of miracles. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Let's read that one together, everybody. But earnestly desire the best gift, and yet I show you a more excellent way. So he was telling them that there is a better way to express the gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Do you see the context now? He now says, Though I speak with tongues of men, and angels, but have not love, I am what? 
ranking Simba. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries, so what is he telling them? That you were doing it wrong when you were express, expressing the gifts to show who is higher. He says, I show you a better way. Desire the best gift. What is the better way? Now he's telling them. He says, if you have faith that you can move mountains, but you do not have love, you are nothing. If you bestow all your goods and feed the poor and give your body to the poor that have not love, it profits you nothing. He was exaggerating, not because they are tongues of angels. He was just saying, if you can even burn your body and there's no love, you're not doing it right. So when he says love suffers, are you seeing the context now? It suffers love. It suffers long and it's kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. You see what he's teaching you now? How to express the gifts better. Let's go to verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. And when I became a man, I put away childly, childish things. He says, for we now, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. Now, what is he saying here? He's saying that right now he knows in part. And we know in part. But there's something that will come, which is the real thing. He says we prophesy in part. Meaning that tongues today is a shadow of a greater expression that will come soon when Jesus comes. And what is that expression? When Jesus comes, we will all speak one unified language. Remember we were speaking a unified language before the Tower of Babel. When Jesus comes, the world will be united in one language. Tongue is only a shadow of that. We prophesy in part today, but it is a pointer to a time when we will know all things. We hear the seed today, but it is a pointer to a time when we will receive new bodies never fall sick again when Jesus comes. Are you getting what I'm teaching you? In the last part, he now says, and now abides faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest is what? Is what? Verse 14. Chapter 14, rather. Pursue love and what? Desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may what? For he who speaks in, a, in tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no man understandeth him. However, he speaks mystery, but he who prophesies speaketh what? Edification. Listen, do you know he's still continuing the same thought? So what is the best gift and what is the better way? Not necessary. Not tongues and love. The best way are the gifts that are expressed having love at the center. Meaning that the gifts of the Spirit are not given for you to be pompous but giving for you to edify your brother. So in 14, when he says that prophecy is greater than tongues, it's not because prophecy is greater than tongues. It's because when it comes to the purpose that he's teaching them, if you speak in tongues, are you edifying him? No, you're edifying yourself. But if you prophesy, are you edifying him? Yes. So what is the better way to express the gift? To have love at the center. Do you understand the context now? When he says, I show you a better way, what is the better way? Have love at the center. I tell you one thing, Catholic Church. If you can love everybody sitting in these chairs with you, genuinely, 
we will see great expressions of the supernatural like never before. Because nothing will happen tomorrow and God will not show Jennifer first. Nothing will happen to Besola and God will not show Shade first. Why? Because Shade is praying for the Catholic Church. Maharu is praying for the Catholic Are you seeing what love can do? I'm telling you, if you get this right, <laughs> exponential growth, you will be solid. Solid. People will step into a meeting that we are in and see how united our hearts are unto God and never want to leave. Because the power of God will touch them as well. When, when they experience genuine love, I'm telling you, check your heart today and make sure that you love. Make sure you are praying. Make sure that it's actionable love, not just in your mind. You are giving. You are genuinely caring for people. You are showing up for people. When you come to church, you are affectionately, affectionately greeting person, you know, people. Let church become a haven for you. That I want to go to church because I want to meet these people. Are you getting what I'm saying? I want to meet these people. They are probably the only people that might be able to get who truly I am. They just might be. I can't get over how deep this thing is. Jesus was preaching one day. Preaching so powerfully. One woman just shouted, Blessed is the womb that conceived thee. <laughs> you know, and rightly so. Because it's, great, it's a great privilege and a blessing to be the one through which the conception of the Savior comes. But Jesus responded differently. <laughs> Jesus said, more than that, blessed are you who hear my word and keep it. What is Jesus saying? He's talking about his union with the people who hear his word, believers. Meaning that you have a stronger claim to Jesus than his mother. His mother does not believe in him. Do you hear what I said? <laughs> you have what? A stronger claim to Jesus if his mother does not believe in him. Meaning that my relationship with you is so strong that you have a stronger claim to me. I have a stronger claim to you because of our bond. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because of our bond. He was talking to the multitude. I read this to you on Sunday. He was talking to the multitude. They said, your mother and brethren are outside waiting for you. He said, who is my mother? Who are my brethren? He says, you are my mother, my sister, and my brothers. Are you getting this? Let me go here. Because I told you, the relationship you have here will last a lifetime. And more, and beyond. Because every relationship you have with everybody in this world,
church is done. Some of you didn't come here as a listening party. Let's just listen together. Just that's not church. It's deeper. Do you hear what I said? Church is what deeper. Let me teach you something. Do you know what it means when we gather and we worship God? What is coming to God is one sound from our hearts, and that sound is so beautiful that it doesn't matter. If you're singing off key or you're singing a bunch of keys, it's actually the heart. I, I get what I'm saying. That matters. So, what God is hearing is not just the voice, it's the heart. Meaning, when you come here, if your heart is not in accord and in alliance, you are causing a problem to our sound. But if our heart is in one accord, what God is hearing. What God is receiving is sweet smelling savour from our God. That's why, I, that's why I, I tell people, don't just sit down at home. When we gather, we you are contributing to a blissful worship of God. Aligned hearts. Are, are you getting this? You know, the first time that they gathered unto God, where they used the word kwahal was in the law. They gathered and the presence of God was strong in that meeting. They were on what? Mount Sinai. They could not come close unless they would die. But the writer of Hebrews says, you have come to Mount Zion. <laughs> Do you know what that means? The heavenly Jerusalem. To an innumerable company of angels. To the church of the firstborn. So when you gather here, you are here gathered as, as children of God. But it's not like that one that we could not touch the presence. Anybody who touches it, I know. In this one, we have access to the presence. So listen, the presence of God is still as strong as it was then here. It's just that it's not killing us. Meaning if we can worship God rightly, listen, the power of God can hit you tangibly. I get what I'm saying. It's still present here. That same power is present here when we gather. It says where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. Meaning that every sickness can be healed when we gather because the presence of God is there. Do you know what the presence of God has done in the Bible? They were worshipping in the temple. The presence of God came. The Bible says they, they stopped the worship they could not because the glory of God filled the place. You come here, the same thing happens. The glory of God fills the room. This is what our worship does. This is what gathering does. But don't spoil it with your heart not in the right place. Are you learning something?
Because Jason Lamb might have stepped on Maro by mistake. And Maro did not read anything to it. But the woman said, Ah, Jason Lamb used to do this. And I said, That's true. She did this. You see, what she did to him that he read innocently, he's already reading differently. Somebody, the gossip is always the only thing you can discuss. So every time this one, you just ah, this one, Maru, why are you walking home together every time? Sorry, not me and Maru. Why are we walking home together? Ah, this one, yeah. See, she didn't laugh, she didn't play. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it becomes a problem. Don't let strife grow, it will affect your heart. problem there. What has happened has happened. Now your spiritual growth has been affected. This is what I'm saying. How would you not come to church? You don't have to sit with each other. Your, your, your guardian is unto who? The Lord. So, don't let strife reign. Don't, it will affect a lot. A lot of things. Let's celebrate the success of other people. is relational. He's been 
what I'm saying? He created man for fellowship, for communion. We are men of relation. So we you must take relationships serious. Don't lose kingdom friendships as a result of ordinary sensual issues. I get what I'm saying. Think about it. Many of the great men of God that you know today, they knew themselves when they were young. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't lose friendships over little things. Learn to apologize when you need to. I, I get what I'm saying. Don't be too big to apologize. And do your best. Do your best. Do all in your power. To show up for people. Strife is dangerous. Hallelujah. Communicate expectations with your friends. Do you understand? Communicate what? Go ask. Go ask. Communicate expectations with your friends. Are you getting what I'm teaching you? Let's go.
We're going to pray very quickly as we round up. I want to say, Lord, walk in work in my heart to make me love others more. To make me expressive to the members of our church. To make me show my love to them. Can you pray wherever you are? Lord, walk in work in my heart. Help my love walk. Let me grow in love. Let me grow in love. Let me grow in love. Let me walk in love much more. Let me put more effort. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. To make this a practical reality in my life. Help me, Lord, to be generous. Help me, Lord, to be there for others. To not only think of myself, to pray for others as well. To pray for others as well. I'll give you a few more minutes. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Let my mind be renewed by your word which I've heard. That I celebrate all that success. That strife is far from me. That the relationships around me are stronger. And that the church of Christ grows as a result of what I've learned. We grow in our love work. We grow in the expression of the supernatural. We grow in grace. We are stronger together. We love more. We love much more. We love much more. We love one another. We love those around us much more. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Did you learn something? Shout glory! All right, we're going to be rounding up service.